Single Simulcast is about a lot of things. This podcast may make you laugh, cry, or pound your fists into your desk. If you hear something you like or something you don't, email us at singlesimulcast at gmail.com. One. Single. Simulcast. Way smoother. James McGuire sounds like a lawyer. Yeah, James is way smoother. He's like, look, I, I sip tea. <laughs> how and can I, I help you today how can i help uh, you be great help me help you be great i'm james mcguire here's something i realized that we, we i was i mean we can use it for the show but like I, it's really just something i realized like i uh because of the pandemic like i have to use whatever soap i can get because we're doing like instacart and so like the only thing that i can actually get is uh that you know i'm willing to use uh currently it's irish springs yes and i <laughs> first of all i will never use this soap again it's the most Nisha oppressive shit ever the irish springs so much that's why I'm it's laughing. so oppressive it's so oppressive it is it's so first it's like it smells like white bullies like i don't know if you ever had <laughs> like every white bully i've ever had smells like irish spring i just realized and <laughs> it just any type of moisture that your skin might have, it just just destroys it. Up. It just like Come here, honestly, nigga. Irish Spring. <laughs> honestly, like I have, like I, I am using so much lotion now. Afterwards, like I'm just lotioning so hard after I shower now. <laughs> I use like and like I was mad. I bought three bars because it just came in a three pack. And so the first bar I use, I'm like, this is not ideal. And it's like I have to use two more bars of this shit. And like. I'm on my last bar now, and my skin is like not going to last much longer. Your skin is aged, like since you started using Irish Spring. Like, I don't know how white people use that and go. How do you use that and then go into the sun? Like, it's just. I mean, there's, there's no like. I washed my hands with it uh, just before uh, a couple of minutes ago because we just came back in from um from going out and you, know, you got to do the whole twenty second wash, and my hands right now like hurt like doing this feels bad i need to go put lotion on it's like yo how do you live your life with irish spring if you're a black person and you use irish spring like what are you doing man it oh my god white people like why would you do this to yourselves this is why the irish are never happy this is why they're just sitting around sad because they're using this fucking soap and it smells like the fucking 1900s it straight up smells like the 1900s i hate it <laughs> i hate it so much it's like if someone had me like a big ass bar of soap in cowboy times that's what i would expect is to be irish springs like fuck you fuck you for thinking this is what i wanted oh my god like this I feel is like this I is the like... cultural divide this soap is the cultural divide in one product it's like this is how you know white people don't give a fuck about black people because they made this goddamn soap if you like cared about the... black people you wouldn't do it i feel like the underground uh slogan of irish spring is irish spring we were slaves too that soap is it feels like slavery it's <laughs> like it's so oppressive i'm serious like i really want to go put some lotion on right now like my hands are maybe that's the maybe that's the whole thing maybe that's the goal to get you to have to use more lotion bruh i didn't and i use like i use like uh the lotion i use is like this vaseline cocoa butter lotion that like it's super thick it's stupid like you shouldn't have to use a bunch of it i've been using double of that to the point where i'm just like slathering it on because i just can't fucking I, I cannot get moisture back in my body after like i use this soap i'm 
And you know what the sad part is? I, I got the next soap I ordered was straight up and down all of Olay, which I know is body wash, not body wash, sorry, but I know it's like facial soap, but I specifically got it. So I'm like, my body just needs to be like pampered. I'm just going to like wash with like facial soap just to get some moisture back in my body. I can't take this. Bro, uh, uh, oil of Olay's uh, body wash is literally the just, best thing in the world. Just grease, my nigga. <laughs> it's no, just, like the. <laughs> I love it, it. Don't get me wrong. I'm not. I'm not complaining. It's perfect. I mean, it's it's super moisturizing, and so I'm using. But like, I don't like to use body wash. So I'm like, I'm using bar soap. So I have an oil of Olay bar, and it's like I think this is gonna be the best best look right now because it's like uh, it's supposed to be for your face, but I'm going full body. I don't care. And Anything's better than I mean fucking I mean, Irish Spring. I mean fucking I mean harsh ass meant to wash goddamn sheep Irish Spring. I mean you could be using zest. I love zest, don't you dare. I grew up on zest. No, zest. I was gonna say you could be using zest, but oh well no, I could I try I couldn't find any. Oh. Mm. It wasn't for lack of trying to find zest. I grew up on zest. Uh, though I will say, in retrospect, Zest is a terrible soap as well. The soap that I was using before this was Ivory, and that's kind of like the only that's that's my line. Like Ivory, yeah, soap is Ivory my line. is like the it's like the default good. Yeah, that's my line. I'm like this soap is is not too harsh, is not like super overbearing on smell. Uh, it you know it's not like too like light because Zest is like it feels like it's not soapy enough. You know what I'm saying? Have you used that? Like Zest doesn't. Zest doesn't feel like it's it's soap for real. Zest it's feels not like, sudsing you up enough. I feel you. That's what I'm saying. Like I just I need more. I need like so. What I I think I dislike about Zest is like you know how when you use like a bar soap and you rinse with water, you kind of have to like then go back over with your hand and like because there's still some soap scum on you. Yeah. Zest doesn't do that. Neither does body wash, but like bar soap does, and that's yeah. what I'm saying. I want that. That's what and. Ivory just does that, but it also doesn't like dry me the fuck out. I'm trying to get that like I got to clean the rest of the soap off, so it's like taking off all the dirt with it. I assume I don't know, but that's the that's what I expect from soap, and Zest does not do that. And this yeah, weird. I feel you because Irish Spring when I get out the shower and uh, I use Irish Spring, I do feel like I'm wiping rolls of skin off my arm, like if I rub too hard. I'm like I need to get back in the shower. It's, like this wasn't deep cleaning enough for me at all, and I want somebody to know how I feel right now. You gotta, you gotta get one of the little. Uh, so they have shower mitts, loofahs. Well, no, oh, shower loofahs. mitts are the best. They have shower mitts, and they're specifically meant for like rubbing off. I didn't even know this, so here's how I figured this. Out. Well, I didn't figure it out. Someone told me this. It was uh, my ex in Korea. We were showering together, and then she got the little mitt out, and so she like used the soap, and then she started like rubbing herself off. I'm like, what are you doing? And she's like, yeah, soap's gone. And then I thought about it and I was like, yeah, well, I guess, why did I never think about what happens with soap's gone? It's like, yeah, soap leaves behind a film. And so you have to like rub it off. I've always just like ran water over myself until like, yeah. The, but I think the catch though is I also have used body wash for a large part of my, my life. So like body wash doesn't leave a film. It's a detergent. It's not really soap. I think that's yeah that that's the difference. If you use a bar, you have to actually like clean yourself of the film of soap. I felt like I feel like a bar. I I just feel like because we use bars my whole life, bars, nigga. Um, <laughs> I just feel like like 
body wash was that next logical step up. Like body wash was when you knew that you had made it. And now that I know that it's not, I feel really put out. Like, like I'm not even joking. Right? Yeah, like, like I thought the body wash was something that came out in like the late '90s with the loofahs, and it was like it. Here's what I thought body wash was. Seriously, I just thought it was you know you could put like a three drops of it onto a loofah, and that soap would somehow fucking spread onto the whole loofah. And never disappear. Okay, not three drops. The commercials lied about that, but like you can, you do, you can get the loofah to the point where it's like, where it's just all soap, but it's not three drops. No, when I say three drops, I mean like squeezes. Yeah, you squeeze, squeeze, and then go to town, and the loofah will like fill up with soap. But mm -hmm. I mean, it's also about like uh, shower management. So like you know, just like when you have a washcloth, you don't, you got to like keep the, until you're done, like applying soap you try to keep the washcloth as far out of the water as possible yes it's the same thing with the loofah so it's like you know you got to juggle and dodge water it's a weird conversation in, in retrospect and as far as you can <laughs> from your armpits because if you were in deodorant it's gonna i don't know what it is about deodorant but whenever i wash my armpits with a loofah it just if i'm yeah, it sucks up the water kind, it sucks yeah. up the water i think it's, it's because I, I honestly do think uh deodorant especially depending upon the type you use you use like antiperspirant it really mm -hmm. does pull in moisture i mean that's what it's supposed to do <laughs> It is. It's really good. Like, like you ever I, been like uh, fucking around with a girl who? Uh, this is a weird way to put it, but like her titties had like deodorant on them. Yep. And you got like and that mouthful of deodorant. Yeah. Oh my god! This <laughs> is like. My man. Like I'm I'm not gonna stop, but still, like that. I was yeah. not expecting this, and that's what I'm saying. Like when you get a mouthful of deodorant, especially added a perspirant, you realize like that stuff's not really. It's like it's almost like sticking your tongue in like baking soda. Yeah, that's that's a good way to put it. Um, I mean, it's basically what it is, I guess. I I just I don't know how we got on this conversation, um, but I making I, titties I, with deodorant on them. You know what? <laughs> I just I, the Shout cotton mouth. <laughs> you just gotta power through it. I mean, I, I don't know. I always did. And there was never a point out there where that happened. And I was like, well, now I'm turned off. It was always just like, all right, cool. That was not pleasant, but let's keep going. That's an appetizer. Praise me for the work I just put in. I, I meant that. <laughs> like, <laughs> you got deodorant under the titty. I'm coming for it. Like, I don't even know. It's going to happen on accident. I um was using a deodorant. And I it was a not a gel, but it was like a clear one. So you couldn't mm -hmm. see when it was on your hand. And it was on the side of the container because the kids, you know, yeah. leave the thing all the way out and then try and close it. So the oh my god, I and hate I, that. I, it's it looks horrible, but I didn't even notice it. So I pull the um, cap off the deodorant, and first of all, I'm like, why the fuck are you using my deodorant? Right. I hate that. I hate that. Um, but then I use the deodorant, and then I'm rubbing my eyes this early in the morning. Oh no. With deodorant on my fingers, I rubbed my eyes and my eyes just dried up. Oh no. <laughs> that was literally like almost howling pain. <laughs> like I didn't want to scare Nisha, but it was like, I'm blind. Niggas, I'm blind now. This is this is where I live at. I can't see. I feel the way the only way I can explain it, the only way I can describe how I felt was um was when uh, Van Diesel, not Van Diesel, when uh, John Claude Van Damme got that powder <laughs> in his eye and blood sports. Like, ah. Uh, and it's just like, oh, oh. 
<laughs> that was me <laughs> when I touched my eyes with deodorant on my oh finger. It was like it doesn't hit you at first because the dry up is not as quick as they say in the commercial. But by the time I got halfway through brushing my teeth, it was like, oh, oh my god. Nisha was like, uh, what's wrong? Yeah, I guess. I can't see. <laughs> it hurts oh to blink. <laughs> uh, honestly, oh. like, I, <laughs> I, need, I need the kids. I need the kids out there to, I mean, all these challenges that they used to do. Okay, fine, whatever. I need y'all niggas to do a challenge that's funny to me. I need y'all to do a deodorant challenge. <laughs> like, make, deodorant a video, guys. make a Just... video of you rubbing deodorant in your eyes. That's what I, I want from you. I don't think it, no one's gonna no one's gonna do that. They might. I, if I, they I, did, I'm gonna die laughing. I can't even lie to you. It's just gonna I, be a I am I am actually kinda shocked that like has has there been like any real new challenges since like No. Since like Corona? No, we've lived in a thoroughly challengeless role, our world. I feel like there's been dances and that's still happening, but that doesn't feel like a challenge because challenges are always like I nominate blah blah blah. They nominate people, and then they do something like you know stupid, mm-hmm. like ice water over the head, or you know biting eating a Tide Pod, which <laughs> I love that not stupid, just deadly, y'all. Don't, don't. Well, I mean, like even the cinnamon challenge was kind of de- all of them are kind of deadly. Yeah, all all of them are dangerous. I feel like even getting uh, water dumped over your head, I guess, has its elements of of danger, like. You could you could kill someone if you weren't trying. Theoretically, yeah. Yeah, you could. But look up while I'm doing this. Get the water up your nose. Feel that drowning sensation. Waterboard. You know what was the worst deodorant of all time? I just thought of. I don't know why I'm thinking of it. Uh, Did you ever have like the cool gel deodorant? Yeah, uh, like came what, up through the little like had like the little uh <laughs> like the little grid that would come up through. So it was yeah. like, oh my yeah. god, it was Gillette made that shit. I think. Yeah. Uh why that was, was that a thing? I don't know, but that why was did we the, use it? That, like that deodorant. I used to think it was so cool too, and it, it was literally cold. like a man. <laughs> it really did. Like, and it was so cold. Like, no matter when you used it, it was like, oh, like, ugh, ugh, so cold. It's cold. And it uh. was one of those deodorants that you would put it on, and you rub it on the area under your armpit. Like, you know you're getting your armpit area, but somehow when you close your arm and you open it up again, it's stuck to your elbow. And it's like, how the fuck did I miss my- Everywhere. Everywhere. And then you try Uh. and put on a shirt everywhere. (laughs) Ruin your shirts. Like, if you have, like, to put it on and put on, like, a white T-shirt, that white T-shirt is done. It's done. And if you put on a black T-shirt, it literally looks like you nutted on the T-shirt and let it dry. <laughs> like, what's that stripe right there? Mm. Mm. It's my, it's my, it's my cool gel. I live life. <laughs> it's, oh, it's your cool gel. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Don't ask me questions, and I won't have to lie to you about it. Let's just oh my say God. I live my life to the fullest. Cool gel really was like the clear, crystal clear Pepsi of his day of deodorant. Basically, that's all it was. It was. It didn't. It wasn't good. It wasn't better. It wasn't like even useful it was just like it looked cool so we're like oh man look at this clear gel and it did it was also very axe like in the smell and then i think about it it was like axe before axe hit man i'm sorry for some reason it just got in my head like um cool 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 breeze what a cool breeze (laughs) wasn't there a rapper named cool breeze 
I don't know, but you know what I realized I just did? And I know that we're, um, like, I shouldn't be talking about the dumb shit that I do while I'm doing this show. Shout out to you, Scar. I literally, all those uh, games that I just put into that folder that I've been working on this whole time, so after I moved them into the folder, I then deleted all the games that I didn't want anymore. The only problem is, that folder was in there with the games. Like, it was just a subfolder in that same file. So I just deleted all the fucking work that I just did again. And now I'm sitting there like, oh! Wait, 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 wait. You didn't like, you didn't like shift delete it though, did you? No, I'm about to find, I'm about to go back to my, um. Yeah, you should be able to hit control Z. Uh, no, I've been tapping. I've been tapping. So I got to go okay. find my recycle bin and hope that my recycle bin didn't take me seriously. <laughs> I am so frustrated. There is a rapper myself. named Cool Breeze. Oh no! Yeah. Does he say Cat Daddy a lot? No, he's from Atlanta. That's why I know. Mm, I feel like he says Cat Daddy a lot too. Like I'm trying to find like a song he did, and I am finding. He was on Decatur song. I remember him on Decatur song. Shout out to Outkast. He was on uh, Gangsta Partner. Uh, neither of those have R's in them. Uh, Angelic Wars and Creatine. Oh, so he was getting big on niggas. <laughs> no, nah, he was just, <laughs> just cramping up at night. You know what? You know what? I'm sorry. I do have to tell this story. Dude, so <clears throat> on the Dream Team, Jay, Scar, and I would talk a lot about things that we shouldn't talk about, and a lot of times it'll get redacted. Well, my wife just had surgery. Uh, she had surgery about uh, almost a month ago at this point in time. The okay. healing is going well. You know, she's recovering just fine. <clears throat> and it was to the point where we were trying to be intimate again. And by trying, we were because, you know, whatever. But she, her upper body is like off limits while she's healing. Mm-hmm. Lower body's fine. Upper body, no. So... It's one of those things where I didn't realize this until it was too late and I was in there that if you, if I'm doing missionary with my wife, I'm literally planking. Um, There's a (laughs) point in time where when you're doing missionary as a guy, your arms start to shake and you could just lay on your your significant other's uh, breast or on their chest or whatever it, it may be. Um, not when they're recovering from surgery. So I'm up here just planking and my arm is shaking. So I go to fist. I'm on my fist like this and I'm still going. And then I'm like, I got a cramp. Both of my wrists got cramps at the same time. I got a cramp in my quad and I just collapsed. I didn't collapse on her. I fell off the bed to make sure that I didn't collapse on my wife. But I was like, you know what? I just planked for like 30 minutes. Like that was the thing I took away from I always, I guess also because of size differences, like I can always just go to my elbows and be fine. So if I drop to the elbows, like we're good. Like it's literally, I mean, it's still a plank obviously, but with a bit more activity, but like I can just hit my elbows and I'm fine. And I, I rarely, and I guess why not like, uh, so you go and depending on like size differences, obviously like, like height difference, excuse me. Like why not go to your knees while she like angles up towards you and you, Oh, yeah, that's what we did after the cramps wore off and everything else yeah. came, like, logged back in. I guess <laughs> in the moment, though, you probably just weren't thinking about it because in the moment, no. you're like, yeah, let's get it. 
Yeah. And then halfway in, you're like, oh no. <laughs> yeah. Oh no. I, I'm, I'm stuck here until like, something happens. We're, we're, we're in this together. And I like, I, oh no, my core strength is really a big deal right now. <laughs> and she's looking at me for those of y'all who don't listen to the show too often. A nigga weighs like at this point in time, three, at least three fifteen. Um, okay. because of the testosterone and everything that has literally stopped for me. Like I have no metabolism. So no matter what I do, the weight either stays steady or goes up. Mm-hmm. So you could see the fear in her eyes as my hand started shaking. Like this nigga about to fall on me. Not <laughs> <laughs> hold this up for too much longer. And I'm like, roll, roll to your right. I'm going to pick up my right arm. And you just roll out of bed, but it was too late. I, uh, I collapsed. <laughs> And I fell off the bed trying to save my wife's life. So oh, I mean, I'm proud of you. I'm not. That shit hurt. And I mean, um, I, I, look, not everybody can take a, a dive off the bed. No, uh, not everyone can take it. And I mean, you, you did it. You made it. I've, it sounds like uh, things were worked out later. So there you go. Congratulations. It Sometimes hurt. sex gets dicey and you just had some some dicey sex. Shit hurt. It Remember hurt you were bad. younger? And like you've been telling like wild sex stories, like oh man. Then I fell on the floor, and then I was like, ah, oh, this I was sex still is crazy. Going and it's like, I'm... yeah, this sex is crazy. And that's what I'm saying. Like when you get older, you still are having like the same crazy sex. It's just now it's like, oh man. And then my hip gave out, and I was right. like, I only, <laughs> I only I... have, I have one choice. I had to roll off to this floor. <laughs> and I was like, I'm out of here, but I wasn't really. I was really still in there, but that shit really, really, really hurt. Oh. <laughs> God. That's that's just age, man. That's just like I'm trying to like so I've been trying to like like uh like work out and like run and exercise. And real talk, like I my joints are not for this shit. Like my ankle, my knees, they are not here for this shit. Like every time I like I was at one point I was just walking up a hill. I was like, all right, this is some good, you know, this is good exercise. This isn't that bad. It's walking up a hill, it's pretty low impact. And then like the next day I got up and my ankle was like, nah, fuck you, nigga. Like, what you think? You think you can <laughs> what you think this is? <laughs> and I kid like I shit you. And like I was just walking up a hill, like, you know, a good hill, but still like, you know, power walking up a hill. And like I've been like running a little bit, but even for that, like my again, my body is not here for it. It's crazy. Like I and I'm I'm only thirty eight. I I I am not looking forward to crossing time. forty. I was about to yeah. say you got time to go. Like yeah. me, not so much. Like, but you, yeah, you, you, you in here for a while. Me, I'm I'm on the downside. I'm yeah. I'm almost ready to go. You, you, yeah, you, <laughs> you. Oh, there's stuff that like I mean, there's differences in just like what I could do versus what I, I can do now. Like I remember being twenty five and uh moving. I was back home in Alabama. And uh, I was picking up a washer and dryer and I had to, I went to go get it by myself and there was nobody like to help. And I had a, a box truck and I remember like picking up a washer on my own from the ground and put it on the back of a box truck and then slide into the back of the truck and then like, Nigga, all right, please. cool. I would like, we, we moved into this place. We have a washer dryer combo and I needed to pick it up to move it. Like I just needed to move it like two inches and I couldn't get that shit off the ground. I was like, look, 25 year old me would have been like, motherfucker. 30 year old me would have been like okay 38 year old me is like look we gotta get a dolly (laughs) we gotta get we gotta get a dolly we gotta use some leverage because this ain't gonna move if we don't do it 
<laughs> back in the day, it was like, don't worry about it, baby. I got this. You can really just... Because when we moved into our first house, <laughs> Misha didn't help. She was uh, pregnant, I think. Yeah, okay. she was pregnant. So, obviously, she didn't help. Yeah. And the kids were little. So, it was my cousin and I who did all the moving. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was nothing. Like, we moved all the stuff in. Niggas, this is back when you could move all day and then order a pizza and sit yeah. there and eat the pizza and then go out and hang out and all that kind of stuff. The second <laughs> house we moved into, uh, Nisha was holding the baby. Devin was um, maybe like eight, nine months at that point in time, maybe a year, I don't bloody know. But she was holding him. So my brother helped me move. And that time I was still feeling fancy free and kind of kind of at it because I was only like 29 so it was like, all right, y'all, let's get it. We we gonna do this, whoop, whoop, whatever. And we gonna go right back out and play some basketball when we get this done. And it was an all-day job. Nobody felt anything that day or the next day. Nigga, when we moved into this house, Anisha still wasn't helping. And Devin was like six. I put a box down and complained to the manager. <laughs> like, yo. <laughs> at some point, when are you going to lift a box? What exactly is your job here? I'm working hard on myself. And she was like, I'm management. I've always been management. And I was like, this is bullshit. I'm telling you, it's like, it's, it's wild how like, how quickly like you just go from being like, I can do everything to being like, I could do some very specific things to being like, I don't know if I can do anything anymore. Like, like I used to be Superman and now I'm just... I'm not even like that. Kryptonite hit me. That Kryptonite hit me quick. It was, (laughs) it was like I'm Superman with just Kryptonite all over his joints. Just everywhere there's a joint, there's my Kryptonite. It's just like I try. I gotta bend my knees, lift stuff. Nope, can't do Mm -hmm. it. Nope, not picking this shit up. And like it's, it's. I will say this though. Like so, I've been like regularly for about a month now. I've been regularly going out and like either I I start off walking and I go up the hills and I walk about half a mile. Then I come back and I run. I basically just run as much as I can on the way back. And that's been work. I've been doing that for probably about a month. And I'm just now getting to that point where like I have, a, I've been doing enough activity where like, you know, my, my legs aren't bothering me as much. My ankle still hurts, but I'm, I really want the gym to open up because uh, like normally I'd be on like a, like an elliptical and I can't buy like an in-house elliptical. So like, that's, that's kind of where I would be. I think I'm just going to keep, you know, it's kind of walking and running. But I'm just worried, like, I'm going to rip something and then I'm just going to be laid up in the house under a quarantine. Yo, my biggest fear is currently, uh, it's two things. And it's, it's I still can't think of the word. Like, I should have been thinking about it while uh, we were <laughs> offline. But I still can't think of the fucking word. Like, yo, um, it is completely just irrational. It is an irrational fear. Okay. That's the word. Dying. A lot of them. My my biggest fear is dying at uh, work really? in my cubicle, like dying quietly at work in my cubicle and there's nobody there to check in on me because everybody has their earphones on and nobody comes around me because I've been that dude for so long. That's that's a pretty solid death though, like Yeah, look, the there's, there's... is dying on the toilet. And here's the thing. Really? Yeah. <laughs> because those are, all, gonna... those are dope deaths. I would love to die on a toilet. Like because nobody's gonna come in and help me on the toilet eventually like after no, you've been in there for a couple no, of days i don't want to die on the toilet i want to be in a place where they can come and help me like revive me like this is gear the war help me dom nobody's gonna come help me on a toilet nah you, so here's the thing 
Uh, I feel like there's there's not a lot of good deaths. Um, yeah, I tweeted that there's a million ways to die and only one is in your sleep, so good luck. Yeah, there's not a lot of good deaths. Uh, and there's not a lot of good deaths if you're black. So, like, honestly, if I were at work and I just passed at work, oh, I'd, I'd take that. Or, like, oh, man, I was just, like, taking a really hard shit. And I'm like, ah, and then all of a sudden everything just clicked out. Cool. Like, brain pop. Just pink. <laughs> And then everything just falls out of me because there's, there's nothing to keep it in anymore. It's like, ah, oh, congratulations. You succeeded. What is that smell? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, no. He like, flush before he died. When I got a flush for him. This is bullshit. Yeah, Rest in peace. <laughs> Motherfucker. He could have least flushed. <laughs> Was he jacking off? Why he shit? Um. But maybe I like to do both at the same time. Don't judge. You know what? I'm not even. I, I no. It's called a plumpkin. This, I'm gonna keep that story to my, nigga. There's a word for it. Yeah, um, uh, it's called a plumpkin. If you get a blowjob when you're taking a shit. Oh no, nah, I'm good. Um, you've never. Well, first of all, I've never. I've never gotten one because I don't even know how to ask for that. Right. And that's hey, beyond, Debbie, that's, come here. Right. That's what I'm saying. That's beyond my wheelhouse. Like I know. Like there are some things like you know I I can I feel like I can I can pull off like like anal yeah of course threesome yeah. maybe yeah, yeah. but can I get you to come blow me while I take a shit and hey, maybe guess what day it is <laughs> literally I am gonna take a shit right here while you blow me. no I don't know how you get anyone to do that and I don't know why I would want that to be done like I would no not you I, it's coming no not me. Like, just get out. Get out, please. Um, No, not you. This. Like, I ate a lot of cheese. Look, this is confusing. Can I call you later? And don't tell anybody what you saw. Um, so I just found, I just found the sign for a Blomkin, the uh, ASL sign for a Blomkin. Oh, my God. There's a sign for this. Wait. <laughs> there's an ASL. Wait, I wish I hadn't done this on my phone because then I could just show you the YouTube. Uh, just, just, yeah, just, just, go just Google Blomkin in, in ASL. And there's a YouTube video uh, where someone shows, like, they do a Blumpkin. Uh, and it's not, like, super remarkable. But I just love that there is a sign for it that someone's like, oh, Blumpkin, it's this. It's, it's ASL is amazing. I love it. I'm probably going to have to use it at some point because I'm already, like, hard of hearing. But <laughs> I 100% love that, like, stuff has, like, there's, a, there's an ASL word or ASL sign for Blumpkin. Blumpkin... As in sign language, there it is. And you know what? Ah, uh, they're just spelling it out. Fuck you. I wanted to like just show it. Oh wait, no, they're gonna do a short. Yeah, no. Um, I, yeah. Dirty signs with Kristen, y'all. Go ahead and check that out. Um, look, I know that this is not. Oh, there the, it is. <laughs> That's I, pretty good. <laughs> I know that this is not the most timely way to report this, but rest in peace to Chadwick Boseman. Yeah. Um, I really need y'all to go ahead and make sure that you're getting tested, uh, that you're, you're checking yourself or you're going to your doctor routinely for physicals and for checkups. Uh, because when I tell you that colon cancer is insidious, it's a motherfucker. Like, I don't know. Colon cancer is not undefeated. But it's the heavyweight champion. Like, it's I think a, a lot of it is, and, and I, I am going to say this a bit hypocritically because I haven't had a checkup in 
since I was 35 and I need, I should be having them every year. I know, I know. Talk to me about it later. But uh, I think part of the issue is, is solely, especially amongst the black community is that we don't trust doctors. Nope. We don't trust them. We don't like them. I think um, there was something that my sister sent to me that I thought was really interesting. It was uh, kind of showing like a black person going through their life and kind of enduring like the stare from white people where people kind of like, you know, whether it's an interest or it's just like, oh, here's a black person. This is, this is out of the ordinary. We realize that and we notice it. And often when we go to the doctor's office or when we go to public spaces, we have to endure not only that, but also, uh, you know, doctors typically don't believe patients when they say how much pain they're in when they're black. Doctors, uh, you know, we typically have to have a harder time getting health care because we don't have as much health insurance coverage, uh, just to simply because of the types of jobs we have and oppression. So overall, we just don't have a, a pattern of going to the doctor regularly. Like even if we have parents uh, who were younger than us or when we were younger, we don't have memories of them just like being like, well, going to the doctor for my physical. Like I don't have very many memories of that. And, and part of that is, is just because, you know, as a whole, we don't trust doctors. I mean, it's also because, I mean, not also to, to piggyback on what you were saying. My mom was diagnosed with breast cancer after being misdiagnosed like three different times by two separate doctors at her uh, old uh, facility. That's wild when you think about it. And by the time that somebody else found that shit, it was almost like... uh, uh, a mastectomy time. Yeah. So, yeah, y'all, be sure to uh, get that checkup done. Um, that even, I mean, I mean, honestly. Let them up in your ass. I was going to say, honestly. Let them up in your ass. Breathe deep. Let them up in your ass. It's, I mean, honestly, it's, 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 we're joking about it, but like truly, let this be your, your wake up call. Like let some people up in your ass, bro. Like, it's okay. It's, you'll be fine. You will find out if there's something wrong way before, you know, there's nothing left to be done. Like there's a lot of things I think people will do to stay alive. It is odd to me that this is not one of them. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll gladly get a thumb up my ass if it means that I don't get prostate cancer. I'll take a thumb up my ass. No caveats. Yeah, I mean, it ain't, it ain't bad. Like, like, yo, like, yo, just. I'm a millennial. This, this is not, this is not new. To this anyone, is not right? new. Like, like the first time it happened, it's kind of like when you get the blumpkin. It's... <laughs> Real talk. I don't, I don't even know if, if, so I don't, and I don't want to go down the blumpkin path any longer than we already have. But I will just say this. I don't even know if I could enjoy that because the other person is in such a terrible position. Oh, my God. This that I can't even. That's what I'm saying. Like, I can't even, like, enjoy it because I'm like, yo, this how why are you doing this? This can't be good for you. Oh my I, God. That's all I'm saying. Okay. But, um, you know, because of the fact that Chad with Bozeman passed, I sat down and I finally watched The Five Bloods. Yes. Which uh, I had kind of been putting off and putting off, and I don't know why. I think it was just one of those things where I was like, I was I a little burned out on just watching things in general, uh, just because you know, so much binging happened when we first went into quarantine that I kind of burned out a little bit. 
but I finally sat down last night and watched The Five Bloods, and it is probably one of the best Spike Lee films I've ever seen. It has all the elements of a Spike Lee film that I enjoy and I love, but in such perfect balance. And it's one thing that I will say that I, I think Spike Lee has picked up and learned from working with a lot of younger directors and creators and, and editors. Uh, notably when he worked with a lot of younger directors uh, for She's Gotta Have It, the series, he picked up a, a sharper style uh, that was still kind of his own where he kind of does do the, the vignettes and cutaways and kind of like uh, informational um, like splices into the film. But he's, he's so much more balanced about it. It used to be very jarring and like kind of like a shock, but this is so balanced and it just, it just feels so natural when things cut away and when they go to the kind of like information drops that it's, it's perfect. It's actually just kind of a, a, it's really one of the best films. And Delroy Lindo is magnetic. Amazing. Oh my God. It's the first time I actually liked somebody wearing a MAGA hat. I didn't like him, but (laughs) no, no, I mean like a role that somebody's playing. Like I'm like, (laughs) he did that. And yeah, he was a fucking dickhole in it, but. Oh, but uh, I feel like he, he was, it was interesting to me because uh, that black man and, and the, the type of black man he was playing was one that, that you know, exists in this world that did go to fight in Vietnam, that is, you know, proud of America despite, you know, the history and wants to move past racism. And, and for a lot of people, especially black people that, that embrace that in their mind, if they just embrace this kind of, because everything else conservative wise they, they're on board for, if they just embrace the conservative values, a lot of them feel that they can move past racism. And, you know, the, the Tim Scotts in the world truly do feel that the only thing that's keeping racism alive is that black people aren't forgiving enough. I really do feel like that those people exist and we know them. It's the ones who are telling us to pull our pants up and they're like, well, if you want to protest, do it peacefully or like go vote or go like, go talk to your, 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 legis- your legislators. And it's the people who are telling you that the system works for black people, we just have to like use it. And I understand where that thought process comes from. I just don't agree with it. I just, first of all, Delroy Lindo's character was eerily close to my father. Like not the whole MAGA thing, but the the whole, (laughs) I've I've hated you, but never explained why thing. I feel like the examination they had of his fear of going back to uh, Vietnam. For those of y'all who have not seen the movie, first of all, you you should. Yeah. Um, are we are we trying to maintain spoilers for this? Oh movie? yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's a movie about uh, five guys who were in Vietnam, and while mm-hmm. they were in Vietnam, they discover some gold. All black, by it. the way. All black. All yeah. black uh, regiment. Um, basically what would have been called the Soul Patrol. Um, And they uh, find gold in Vietnam, so they bury it, and they come back to get it later on in life. Good synopsis without spoilers? I think so. Uh, Everybody in the movie played an amazing role. Um, I did have a few issues, but they were mostly cosmetic. Uh, How did you feel about the flashbacks? I feel like that, did, did we, were we both kind of thrown by that? I was thrown by it. Were you? Yes, because of the fact that while one guy 
is clearly in the correct age for that it's time period. Time. Everybody else is the same age that they are in, two th- in 2020. And so I didn't... My initial... So it's jarring, is what I would say. Because there's no warning. It's just all of a sudden, they're, they're in Vietnam. They're shooting around. The film changes, which is, is important. But I feel like that film change would have been more noticeable on like a theater screen than it was on my TV. Like I noticed the the aspect change because like you know it would do the shrink or the letterbox, but I feel like on a theater that would have been real, way more noticeable. Like oh this is different, and I also I don't know that I liked a lot of the battle scenes because the dudes who were in them were limited in their capacity. Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah. And I don't I'm not trying to be an ageist here. I really I'm really not. But I feel like there's the the scenes, and I don't know. Maybe some of that is a good thing because, like, the focus of the film doesn't become like this war piece, yeah, where they're running around killing people. But really, it's just like these these four men trying to stay alive, or five men, I guess, trying to stay alive. So, I mean, that was a little jarring for me. Was there anything else, I guess, for you that? Well, each of them had to confront something, and I really liked the way that that story went. Uh, the other mm-hmm. thing I was drawing for me was that there's one guy in the uh, in the film who's pigeon-toed. Oh, yeah. And I feel like his portrayal of being pigeon-toed went beyond pigeon-toed. It was uh, very pronounced. Yes. Um, and it, it was overdone. Like that took me out of it every time I see, I saw him walk. There Um, wasn't a, well, there was a lot of points where like watching them walk. So like the, the, uh, I'm trying to not give away spoilers, but like the, the scenes where they were backpacking and their backpacks were very heavy, were very unbelievable. Yeah. I was like, I don't believe any of this. Like, you're telling me you have a backpack full of that and you can walk? No. Like, you're how old? Yeah, no. And you're right, right. And that's the thing. Like, how, how, and I also was wondering, like, what was their game plan just to get all of that out? Mm -hmm. Like, there was no, no one ever was like, all right, here's what we're going to do. We're going to get a truck. We're going to, like, it was like, no, we're going to, backpack this shit out and it was like no actually i don't think that's giving away anything their plan is to backpack gold out of the fucking vietnam jungle which and also it was also kind of dicey uh like fine like the fine when they got to the point where they were finding it that was dicey uh there's a lot of things that felt very plot specific where like all of a sudden um and i don't want to give anything away but all of a sudden things are there that were not even relevantly there. And then they, they're there and it's like very, like it's, it's a real game changer. And then all of a sudden those things are gone and like, you don't have to worry about them anymore. Mm-hmm. And if you've seen it, you know what I'm talking about. It's like one minute, it's like, this place is lousy with this. And then the next minute it's like, no more left. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about that. Don't even look around for them. Just like walk around. And also the people who are in the film, whose entire role was to eliminate certain things show up at exactly the right time correct (laughs) where it's like yo i get it we're trying to keep it together this is a film 
and not like a real story, but like, this is very convenient that these people like had time to have these conversations and like close off these story ends before the bad guy showed up. Like that's mad convenient. It's, but it's still an enjoyable film. I need to say. Oh, yes. Yeah. And I think it's still really good. I think uh, all of the scenes with Delroy Lindo, uh, like just raving to the camera are just fucking amazing like it's in the thing that that threw me is uh later i was looking up some stuff about delroy because i was like who is delroy where is he from he's british no clue had no idea i was like what delroy lindo is british (laughs) yeah he's a british actor did you know that no that's what i'm saying like yo that performance is because he's never He's never acted British. Uh, in Crooklyn, like in every role that I've yeah. seen him in, he's like... He, is, he was born in South London. He grew up in Eltham. Uh, and then when he was 16, they moved to San Francisco. And he was also in Toronto for a bit as a teenager, but he grew up primarily in England. Wow. Yeah, his son of Jamaican immigrants. Yeah. Wild. I mean, he, he may not have a, 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 and actually I've never heard him talk outside of a movie, so he may not have an accent, but yeah, he's British. I, when I looked it up, that kind of blew my mind. I was like, oh, does he have an accent? Right. I, I, does he? I don't think, but he's, <laughs> does he? I don't know. I'm, I'm laughing because for some reason, I don't know. I, I don't know why that just popped up in my head, but um. Robin Hood men in tights where he was like, why should we believe you're the real Robin Hood? He was like, because unlike other Robin Hoods, I have an English accent. Like, I don't know why that popped up in my head, but yo, <laughs> that shit is going to sit there now for a like while. <sighs> Man, that is actually um, a That is an unsung movie. great movie. Yeah. It was quietly quite good. Like, yo, uh, like, between him and uh between Carrie Ells and and uh Dave Chappelle and I've come to warn you that if you do not stop levying these evil taxes, I shall lead the good people of England in a revolt against you. And why should the people listen to you? Because unlike some other Robin Hoods, straight to I camera. can speak with an English accent. <laughs> straight to camera. <laughs> Yo, and straight shade. Now that I'm older and I see it, that nigga's literally talking about Kevin Costner. Yeah, straight to camera. Straight to camera. That was 100% for Kevin Costner. That was the best. He just looked straight down the barrel and was like, oh, I'm using the English accent. Hey, what you do? What you do, bitch? Oh, God. Oh, man. Oh, man. It was wild about Chadwick Boseman too. The thing I, I want to make sure I say, uh, you know, as, as hurt as I am about the fact that, like, you know, we're not going to see him perform anymore, and, and mm-hmm. the characters that he brought to life, especially the ones that that you know potentially could have came out for sequels, won't be there. But think about the amazing work that we got to see from him, and you know, he's only forty three years old, and the things he was able to accomplish. I mean, he played Jackie Robinson, he played uh, fucking um, Mandela. He had an opportunity to be in, uh, you know, to be basically in, in the Marvel C- MCU. It's, you know, he accomplished so much that, like, 
in such a short period of time that like we can still appreciate and cherish. And I'm just happy that we got this from him. You know, like a world without him, as we can tell, is a worse world. And I'm just happy that, you know, up until now, we got to live in a world with him. Yo, real talk, watching the Five Bloods and, and Chadwick is in it, y'all. I don't know yeah. if we mentioned that, but watching him in that movie and this is after he passed away, like, it, it, I don't know if it was just me, but I could almost see the pain. Like, like it seemed like he was, but he always did that. Like, you don't know if he's in pain or he just, sometimes it seems like he's struggling to get his work. Like he's full of so much, uh, not fury, but just so much energy for the words that he's about to say that it just seems like he shakes me. Like when he was on Black Panther and he was like, you were wrong. You're wrong. Yeah, it's just uh, so much passion. Yeah, there were scenes like that in the Five Bloods where I was like, is he, is it passion or is it pain that is fueling this? And will we know the difference? And the answer is clearly no, because it, it was four years. Yeah. And it's it's something that I, um, so I have Black Panther uh, and I'm, I'm going to rewatch it because, uh, you know, I, I bought it because, uh, black um but <laughs> like uh, like every black person i feel like all of us own a copy of black we panther have a somewhere. copy of black panther and a picture of black jesus on the mantelpiece <laughs> Our rule. everywhere all of us have a copy somewhere exactly you know, it's, it's just one of those things where uh you know it is up until this point you know there have never been a true, you know, black superhero. You know, Luke Cage aside, and all of that. Like, it always kind of felt like when there were these big kind of franchise movies, that like black people didn't get included. And so, like with Star Wars, like you know, they threw Lando in. Like, oh, what about this one black guy? All right, only one, and then took off. And like even Lord of the Rings, there's just no black people. They were just like, fuck y'all, we don't need y'all. We'll have short people, we'll have orcs, we'll have all these other people. But black people, we won't have any of those. I can't imagine that. Right. That's this is that's not my fantasy. And so, like, in all of those movies and franchises, like there's no black representation. And then you come to like the MCU, and for a long time, the MCU was kind of running that same way, where it's like, oh, here's that one black guy. Here you go, Rhodey. Here you go, Rhodes, huh? Huh? He's black, right? Right. And what was interesting was that, you know, with Black Panther was the beginning of them kind of opening up to where now more characters I feel are, you know, not just white, where mm -hmm. they opened up the world to where, you know, there's not just, you know, Black Panther, but it, the movie exposed us to, you know, Shuri and uh, M'Baku and so many other like characters from that world that even if, you know, the second one, which I, I hope what they do for the second one is that they focus heavily on Shuri and just, you know, move past, you know, say like, you know, maybe T'Challa has, has fallen somehow. Yep. But it was something that until that point, every movie franchise that we'd ever seen only kind of like gave us not even representation, like just you got one. And Black Panther could have been that. And it's interesting as, into what it turned into is this, this rich world where it became integral to the plot the characters themselves are important to the entire plot of, of the or the entire movement, I think, of the of the Marvel Universe. And as I read more about the input that uh, Chadwick Boseman had into Black Panther, 
along with Ryan Coogler, when I read more about that, I realize a lot of that has to do with him. Like the fact that they speak uh, Zosa in, uh, in, in uh, you know, an actual African language, not just some made up bullshit, is because uh, when, during the first shooting or shot, uh, the, the actor who plays his father knows the language and then Chadwick was like, well, teach me the lines. And he learned an African language, the lines on set and they just did it. And because they did it so well, you know, the directors didn't care, but because Chadwick put that amount of thought into it and because he actually, you know, wanted it to make sure that it was an African language and that it was really representative of Africa, that's became the national language of Wakanda because of that decision he made. And because of that, out of that groove, the movie, as we knew it, it could have been way more uh, like based on like fake shit and, and exoticism, but instead you know, because of that action and that decision on his part and, and on the part of the other actor who was with him, because of that, that those decisions and, and his ability to, to adapt in that and, you know, embody that character, he turned that movie into something that was rich and, and you know, loving of the African diaspora and not like some exoticizing of it. And that's something that we'll never be able to truly repay him for. Mm-hmm. There's a ton of things I would say we never be able to truly repay him for, such as the litany of biopics of black history that he was able to do so flawlessly. Like when you think about all of the different people, not characters, folks, but people that he was able to portray and play without missing a beat, it is staggering in itself you know the reason t'challa has an african accent is uh a choice that chat with bozeman made he specifically pushed for it because he he said well he's an african king he wouldn't have you know they've been hidden away from western influence for so long he wouldn't have an american accent he would have an african accent and that's why t'challa has an african accent mm-hmm. and up until this point if we think about this you know there's been very few representations of T'Challa uh, ver- vocally. Like it's been, I think there was Black Panther on BET, and that was pretty much it. And, and that wasn't like a, a, a live action. That was a cartoon. So when we think about this, the way T'Challa has sounded traditionally, you know, this was actually a real departure. He sounded like an African uh, from today, not like, you know, the kind of like, oh, this is the place that I am from. Not that like weird broken English African accent, but like an actual south african accent and it was it was beautiful to see now while we are obviously all uh at a loss and and, and taken aback by the loss of uh chadwick um we'd be remiss if we didn't also say rest in peace to not only lute olsen but also clifford robinson like this Cliff was a robinson week. yeah this was a week, and 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 Cliff Robinson, for those of y'all who don't know, who weren't on the West Coast um, back in the nineties, in the Jailblazers days, yeah, like <laughs> Cliff Robinson was that dude for the Trailblazers between the times of uh, uh, Clyde Drexler and mm-hmm. Brandon Roy. It was he was Cliff their Charles Robinson. Oakley. Cliff Robinson was the Charles Oakley. He was the enforcer. He, and he could shoot, too. He could do everything. Like, the dude was, he could dribble, he could shoot, he could take it to him. Like, literally. He was like 6'10", right? Wasn't he like yes. 6'10"? Yeah. Yes. And and it's, it's just interesting to me 
to know that because he um, was on the West Coast and it was and he was in Portland at a time when there wasn't really a audience for Portland, uh, he was selected by Portland in '89. Um, he played in a team record 761 straight games. Holy shit! Uh, he won the Sixth Man of the Year. Um, Dude, like when you lay out everything that he did, uh, he's for part them. of their uh, their like playoff runs when they uh, I mean, they ran into the Bulls, unfortunately, but the, a huge part of their like when they went deep in the playoffs, mm-hmm. like, and when they went to the I think they went to the finals, was that one year they went to the was yeah, 92, yeah, the year they went to the finals, he was a huge part of that. Mm-hmm. He died of lymphoma, y'all. Listen to us, like, we have to take our health seriously and you can't continue to be scared of the doctors. Like we're literally, we literally black folks, we live a life. Like if I don't go to the doctor, then I won't die because I'll never get bad news. When in all honesty, you go to the doc, you don't go to the doctor. You don't know about your death and it just hits you when you least expect it. And I think that the key here is Look, none of us want to really want to deal with it, but the truth is, is that we are we're immortal. We will die. All mm-hmm. of us will, and nothing that we do is going to change that. What our goal should be ultimately is to choose how we die. Um, one thing that we kind of were talking about a little bit jokingly, and I've said it jokingly too, is that there's not a lot of quote unquote good deaths for Black people. There aren't. There are a lot of things that uh, could potentially kill us, and so it's a little bit more difficult for us to choose how we could die, but. In most cases, if you know you are actively going to the doctor and you're really trying to like take care of yourself and just you know a yearly checkup, most yearly checkups are free if you have health insurance. And if you don't have health insurance, I feel like Medicaid will hook you up with a free and like I don't want to say inspection because that's weird, but they'll hook you up with a free uh, checkup if if you if you you know do a fill out a few forms and that preventative work uh, is, is worth it because at the end of the day, um, even if you, they do find something and you do have to go through surgery, that's just you, you know, again, choosing how to die and not dying in your car or passing out someplace and finding out that you have cancer or, you know, on the to- I mean, yeah, on the toilet, in the shower, like you are choosing when and how you die. And if you have children, if you have a spouse or a loved one, uh, that should matter to you because you know you want to be there for them. And one thing, and this sounds trite, but I I promise it's not. One thing that I can say about both Cliff and uh, Chadwick is once they knew what the prognosis was, once they were able to deal with the fear of that prognosis, after that they were able to begin building their legacy or cement their legacy. Um, if you don't know, you you sitting at home right now playing uh, Fallout 3D or Fallout, uh, Fallout Online. You know, Fallout New Vegas, the worst of the Fallouts. Instead not of building that legacy. Not aware that you're wasting your time in doubly because it's a shitty game and also you don't have a lot of time left. Man, wasting your time on a glitchy-ass game is not the way to live your life. Shout out to New Vegas for being the shittiest of the fallouts. Shout out to Cliff Robinson for building a marijuana dispensary before he passed on. 
Yeah. You know what the dope thing is to uh, no pun intended um, <laughs> about uh, like all of, you know, Cliff Robson and, and chat with Bozeman to your point, you know, they took steps to try to leave something behind that would ultimately help their community as well. And I feel like that's something that that is, especially chat with Bozeman in this case was he was like trying to build uh, for black people and, and in chat with Bozeman's case, again, I think him, being a graduate of Howard U has a lot to do with that. So, mm -hmm. I mean, I have always been uh, on the fence about HBCUs and, and I have not made, uh, I've not made a, um, I guess I, I haven't made it like a, a secret of that, but if there's nothing else that can be said about HBCUs, it is something, it is this, that they do really instill uh, in you a love for, uh, you know, your people. And being around black people does something for you to where you actually do want to uplift everyone. You don't only think about yourself in most cases, in most cases. I mean, it's your mileage will vary, but I have noticed that a lot of people from HBCUs do work to actually uplift the community. And there's something to be said for that. So wish I had gone to an HBCU. Like the time that I spent at a non HBCU really made me not want to go to school anymore. Yeah. And I know that there's a lot of folks who will say, you know, you make your own life, you make your own choice, you make your own decisions. Yeah, that's fine. That's true. But yeah, I, I just wish I had made better choices and gone to Elizabeth city state, even though I think that was one of the things I was 18 and I was like, that's a stupid ass name. How would your school's name Elizabeth City State College? <laughs> that is stupid, though. Like, it's wait. So wait, is Elizabeth a city state? Like, it's its own self-governing. It's in North Carolina. I don't know how it worked out, but yep. it's Elizabeth City State College, and I wrap my mind around that. And they offer me scholarships. Yo, I feel like the reasons for like when you're 18, and this might illustrate just yeah, it doesn't take much. That's what I was gonna say. When you're 18, this might just illustrate that maybe, like at 18, you shouldn't be making decisions that affect your entire life. But like, yeah, it, I, I didn't go to. I could have went to A&M uh, for free. My mom went to A&M, Alabama A&M. It's in the city that I was in. She worked there. I could have literally gone there tuition free, and I chose not to uh, because I think at the time I was just like, I don't think it's a school that that you know it's. It was because I didn't want to uh, go to school for. I wanted to go to school for uh, computer science, and they didn't have it. And I was like, well, I want to go to school for computer science. I did computer science for like two years and dropped out. And then I didn't even get my degree in computer science. So like I ended up getting my degree in marketing, which A&M is actually really good at. And I probably should have went to A&M. So long story short, I should have went to Alabama A&M. Stop fucking with these white people. <laughs> is that the theme of the show? Stop that, fucking with these white people? I, I think it is. Put down the Irish Springs, motherfuckers. <laughs> Man. <laughs> Like, yo, literally, if you think that a, a, a white college is the move for you, I'm just going to say that a white college is the place where you're more likely to get deodorant rubbed in your eye than at a <laughs> black, like your roommate just, ah, ah, just have you waking up and you can't even cry. Like you can't even cry when you have deodorant in your eyes people do you know how shitty that is like there's nothing you can do to moisturize your eyes oh it's brutal it is brutal i i'll say this and it's not that i don't believe 
and deodorize because I do. That's a platform that I can get behind. <laughs> but the the real reason I would say uh, if I were choosing a college, if I had a son or a daughter right now who was like looking at college, um, the thing I would say is that the world with, that you're going to enter into is very much going to leave you at a point where you are going to be the only black person, the only black person uh, for in, in your job, the only black person that you'll see or know, or maybe one of two black people. And the beauty of going to an HBCU is that at a time where you're still kind of formative, where you're still trying to like figure out who you are, mm -hmm. is that you can do it in a community full of black people who share a lot of the same problems that you do. There's something to be said for like, you know, when you go to an all white college and, you know, you, there are times when like I would have discussions even in class and, you know, again, in an all white school, where we would start discussing race and it was always shocking how underprepared white children were to talk about it. Like they were always like the other white students never had dealt with it or if they had, it was always like, well, black people would just pull themselves and it was always that bullshit. And it was always just thinly felt, felt racism. And at a time when you're still trying to figure out who you are and trying to form, you know, who you're going to be, because your 20s are really volatile, but like your, your teenage years are even more so. Like you're, you're still not truly the person you're going to be. I would tell you that to have your foundation be in a community that actually shares the experience that you share and sees the world that you see from the perceptive viewpoint of being Black. I, I just... I don't want them to take over the schools, but I really think that, like, I don't know if it just happened in the movies. Because again, I didn't go to a, a HBCU like I should have. But shout out to the white folks who are like, you know what? I'm gonna go to a HBCU and not disrespect it and actually learn mm -hmm. of a culture that's not mine and be better for it when it's all said and done. Yeah. And like, again, I didn't go to HBCU, but I went to a 99% black high school. I went to uh, a 90% black uh, middle school and I went to an 86% black uh, elementary school. So I, I feel as if, you know, when you are at a school where like it is a completely black community, there is a real difference in how you communicate and how you learn and how your learning is approached by the teachers who are in that school. When you have all black students, I'm not, and I'm not preaching for segregation, by the way, I'm a hundred percent not preaching for that, but there's a real 95%. difference. No, I'm, I'm not preaching for segregation, but what I will say is that there's a real difference, especially like in the case of HBCUs, there's a real difference in how they approach students. Uh, there's a benefit that is there that would not be there if you were in a school full of white students. There is a benefit given to you as a black person that white students get all the time that we don't get at white schools is what I'm saying. So like when you are go to talk to a professor and I saw this in school multiple times, white professors didn't give a fuck about me. I saw they had their favorites and people they went, they reached out to, 
never were they black students, but the white professors I have did not care about me. The one professor that I had that really cared about me, and he's actually dead and it hurts my feelings to talk about him, but it was Dr. Johnson. He wasn't even a class that I didn't even take a class from him. He was just running a, a scholarship program. His name was Dr. Adriel Johnson. He got killed in the school shooting and it's really fucked up, but it was the only person who cared about me the entire time I was at a white school. Literally the only person who ever shared or showed any kind of interest in me was another black man and it was because like everyone else that I dealt with from that standpoint, well, that's not true. Uh, shout out to Dr. Sonia Brown Givens. She was also a person who cared about what happened to me, but though, that's it. And they were both black. All of my other professors were white and I, I shit you not, they did not give a fuck about me. Did not care about me, could not catch them in their offices. And, and there are times, when, again, when you're 18 and 19 and you're trying to adjust to what is expected of you in, you know, in a college or in a university where you do need to have someone who at least gives a fuck about you. And it is wild to me that, again, out of the three years that I, well, actually, I went back later, but the years that I was there at the school and like floundering and struggling, the two teachers who reached out to me, or professors who reached out to me who cared, were both black. No one else gave a fuck. And it's, I don't know. It's, it's extremely frustrating looking back at it now uh, because I feel like if, if someone had just cared a little bit, maybe I would have found my way and not have to gone like through a six-year dropout period. But yeah, that, that would be why I would say for no other reason than that, like having that shared experience with your professors makes a huge difference in how they treat your education. Yep, because my white professor that was my advisor literally told me nothing when he found out that I wasn't taking uh, petroleum engineering, when he found out that I wanted to be a journalist, he laughed at me and said, good luck. He didn't tell me anything. So again, freshmen, listen to me. Hi, I'm Rashani. I've been where you are right now and y'all are at home. So that's all fine and dandy. But let me tell you right now, whoever told y'all that you should take an eight o'clock class is full of shit. Bullshit. You should never, ever. And whoever like, Never take a class that's before 10 o'clock mm -hmm. unless you can, like any of you, you can't avoid it. You, you can. Uh, you can get away with only taking four classes in a semester and being just fine with your credits. Yep. Your credit uh, hours will be fine. You also don't, ever, really, you should never take a class after two o'clock either, yep. if we're being honest. Uh, I don't take any classes after, I would, well, I'd, I'd cut to three. Like I'd be willing to cut off at three, but truly, um, you're you're not going to want to wake up at eight o'clock in the morning. That's going to be a real struggle for you. Mm -hmm. uh, and then after two or three o'clock, you, you don't really want to pay attention anymore. You're basically, you should just be studying. Honestly, if, if that, like really like at two or three o'clock, I'm sitting around doing homework or reading or anything else, but like, I'm not, I'm not able to absorb any more information. Basically. I have I mean, professors I who would tell me straight out, we expect you to have like three hours of homework a night <laughs> for their one class. Yeah, I know. I remember people telling us that too. And uh, I always laugh. It's like, okay, but you know, we have other classes, right? Right. And I was like, yeah, I expect to do like an hour and a half of homework for your class and strive to get it all done. Also, don't take a class just because uh, it's required for you somewhere down the line, but do take a class because it seems interesting to you. Yeah. Take at least one course that just seems interesting to you. Don't go in with the, oh, my parents said that they're paying for my uh, 
college, so I have to graduate within four years. I have to get my degree within this amount of years. Oh, that is the biggest bullshit ever. That four-year graduation? Mm-hmm. You, you can't, well, you can, but you shouldn't. Use your student discounts. Student yeah. IDs will get you half off pizza anywhere near a college. That's what I found out because <laughs> I was living off Papa John's for a really, no, it wasn't Papa John's. What was it? It was a place called Napoli's Pizza. They sold pizza. Them and Papa John's actually both sold to college students. They would sell $5 extra large two topping pizzas. I used to, so my city, we did get discounts discounts on Papa John's. We got discounts on uh, Jimmy John's. Uh, we also got discounts on um, so like movie tickets. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was discounts. You got into the any like orchestral event for free. So any it was anything downtown actually for free if you had your your ID. Um, all sporting events pretty much for free. Like I don't like use your your student discounts like especially when like you have to go do stuff <laughs> to like, you know, decompress your student discount is a big deal. Like uh, you can spend the entire night just going out and actually doing things and then come home and have spent like maybe $5 mm-hmm. and come home full and satiated. Uh, try and attend at least one big school event, whether it's a football game, if your school is a, a big sports scene or a big sports school if it's a football game if it's a basketball game or if it's a play a musical or some sort of um concert a a comedian comedians come to most schools and they will perform go see like five bucks go see at least one event did you see any uh comedians at your your school let me see i i saw uh two and then one of them is a name that everyone knows other one i don't even really i kind of remember his name but only sort of there was one dude who came out and he got heckled off the stage but this is the white school so it was a white guy so i can't was, tell you uh, what his name was you know who i saw that came to my school that was like a huge deal i was actually super excited about it uh gabrielle iglesias really mr fluffy yeah yeah and it, it was crazy uh so our school wasn't that big but like they 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 literally packed they had to convert the gym so they you everyone just basically was in the gym they made a little stage for him, and he came and performed for like an hour and like 20 minutes. It was a long-ass set. In retrospect now, uh, as a comedian, I'm like, yo, that he did a big, long-ass show. Yes. You know, <laughs> I didn't know that, like, I didn't know until somebody told me that like 15 minutes was, I think it was you. Yeah. Like, I was like, yeah, I was getting up there on stage and recording my shows and putting it up to YouTube and didn't know that 15 minutes was an unheard of time for a, a, a comedian. Well, it's not unheard of, but like, so 15 minutes is... And, and open mic, I mean. Yeah, and open mics typically is like three minutes. Like, mm-hmm. it's rare that you're going to get more than that. Sometimes you get like a five-minute open mic. Uh, and also, like, some of that is just because, like, most people uh, with like five minutes, like five minutes is an is a, is a ocean for most people. Uh, no, I'm not even playing. It's, it's, you will drown in it if you're not prepped, if you don't have like jokes written or, or if you're not ready. And that's what happens. Most people get up and they're like, oh, I'm just going to get up. I'm just going to talk. I'm going to do and this. I'm just going to talk. And, and they'll say like some stuff. 
uh, and they'll, they'll be like, hi, that wasn't that funny. And then when they don't get laughs, they then start to devolve into telling stories about stuff like, well, this one time I was, and they start trying to tell a story mm-hmm. that's, but they haven't never really told the story before. There's a lot of stuff in it that requires people to know like friends and things and you aren't prepared for that. And so as you hit all these things, everyone's just sitting there watching you tell the story that is not very good. And if heckling even starts, you don't have a prayer. Like you're not prepared for it. You don't know what to say because you're not prepared to even say anything. And five minutes is a long time of, of that happening. God forbid someone do like 10 to 15 minutes unprepared. I've seen someone do that before, by the way. Uh, a 15 minute set unprepared is some fuck shit, son. Like it's a, a bad 15 minute set. I have seen a, a truly terrible, uh, I saw someone who shouldn't have got, got 15 minutes, get 15 minutes. And I was heated because I only got five and I watched them do this 15 minute bullshit set. And I was like, are you serious? Like you could at least gave me 10, but it, it's, it's ooh, 15 minutes is an eternity. If you aren't ready for it. Like I've done a 30 minute set and I've done, actually I've done a couple 30 minute sets, but like 30 minute sets are, are like hard. I can't even imagine. And I'm not at a point where I can do an hour and it's, it's doing a 30 minute set. Like I could bust one out right now, but it would be hard. Like I'd have to like really think, about each joke and it, it'd be a lot of pausing because i'd be like all right so what am i gonna say next <laughs> but in all honesty like an hour-long set i have so much respect for for comedians that can break out an hour plus amount of material and not bring up anything old like funny that yeah. all his that entire hour and 20 minutes he was up there was fucking hilarious and, it, and to be fair it uh it was stuff, some of it was stuff I'd heard before because like, you know, I, I, I was a fan of Gabriel Iglesias um, prior to seeing him perform live. But I would say probably 40 to 50 minutes of it, no, nah, maybe 30 to 40 minutes of it was just new shit. And maybe half of it was just like, oh, here's that old story that you know about me and Miguel or whoever. But yeah, it's, I have a lot of respect for that. It's not easy. I just, I wanted to be a comedian. I still do. I find myself to be funny at times. Um, it's a stupid grind. It's it's just that time. Everybody hits that one time, no matter how good you, you are or how good you think you are. Everybody's going to hit that one time where nobody's laughing. Like, you're oh, just yeah. not connecting with anybody. <laughs> and it's like, what are you going to do? At that point, where literally nobody Eat shit, nigga, no, like, like you, you tell a joke and all you hear, you don't hear no laugh, you just hear. So, um, people picking up their drinks. Talking. I was, uh, where was it? There was this, there's this one, I can't remember the name. It's this one place out in the middle of nowhere in Washington. It's like this Boondocks ass place. I don't remember where it the was. Coma. But- no, no, more boondocks <laughs> asking, more boondocks than that. But like, there was this mic that was being ran there, and a friend of mine told me about it. He was like, "Look, uh, and actually, this is my fault." So, the dude is a friend of mine. He asked me to come out. He told me I was going to get paid for driving out to the middle of nowhere, and I do mean this was like an hour long drive out to the middle of nowhere, almost like like going like to Snoqualmie or some shit like that. And so, like, I drive out here to this middle of nowhere, fucking podunk, like goddamn mic. I get here, it's the first thing that I, I notice is that this is just a club and like not in a bad way, but it's just like a bunch of black people getting super drunk and like listening to music and dancing. I'm like, all right, this is cool. I at least it's like it's a bunch of black people. 
But when I tell you that these motherfuckers weren't about a goddamn show, these motherfuckers weren't about a goddamn show. Every, I'm still watching comedians go up, right? Mm-hmm. First of all, I don't think anyone told anybody that a comedy show was going to happen. And this was like one of the first, <laughs> yeah, this was like one of the first uh, times that they were been putting shows on there. So they, they were supposed to be pulling like the best comedians they could find, right? Uh, not that that's why I got pulled, but I'm saying like this, this is supposed to be like one of the first couple shows you put on at a place where it hasn't had shows before. You kind of have to bring like the A-game comedians because otherwise people aren't going to pay attention to them. Uh, they did not. They brought me and a couple other people who were not as good. And I watched the first couple of dudes go up. People are not paying attention. They're just talking to each other and like having drinks. Dude is trying to tell jokes into a mic. None of it is working. Uh... And I got up. So I'm doing my shit. And like, I, so in my sets, I have jokes that I like are my like, uh, like my ripcord joke, right? Where it's like, oh shit, everything's going bad. This joke. Uh, mm-hmm. You've heard it before. Actually, a lot of people have heard it before if you've ever heard me do a set because I do it all the time. It's like one of them is uh, the um, fucking clue joke where I'm like, a guy walked up to me, uh, was like, yo, man, I'm playing chess, not checkers. So I hit him ahead of the pipe because I'm playing clue, right? <laughs> It's dope, buddy. Yeah, it's it's a, it's fun. It's a fun joke, and and I know, like, if you've never heard that joke before, it's gonna hit, right? I know it's gonna hit, and so I I I purposely hold it. If I'm in a situation where like I'm watching people bomb, I'm like, all right. So I hold that joke, and I start like with some of my material. Like I have some shit that's black, and I have, <laughs> and I don't mean that to be rude, but I have some shit that like I don't do in front of white audiences because I'm like, y'all won't get this. So I start off on my black shit first. Um, these motherfuckers ain't having it. Um, and so then I was like, I got it though. Cause in my head, I got that one joke. I'm going to drop that. I have a couple other jokes that are like that. And I'll just drop those and I'll get off stage. I dropped that joke. One person's like, laugh. Like you like, ha ha. And no one else laugh. And then I was like, shit. And like, that was literally like, that was my best. That's like your best punch against Debo. And Debo was just like, no, let me show you what I got. And then that crowd just ignored the fuck out of me for like three or more minutes. I remember wrapping up. They didn't even clap when I got off stage. They were just right. like, they didn't even clap. They were like, the fuck off the stage, nigga. And, <laughs> and I remember like, I remember like walking out. I was, I was fucking pissed about that set. Pissed. And as I'm walking out, like the dude who booked me was like, oh man, like, hey man, you know, hey, I get it. It's just that the crowd is just not ready. You know, they're just not used to having, you know, they just aren't used to having comedy. Don't worry, we're going to work it out. Oh, also, man, like, you know, I was supposed to get paid, but, you know, they didn't pay me tonight, but they're going to pay me. Long story short, I never got paid for that set. Uh, it was a terrible ass set. I drove an hour both ways to get to the fuck podunk ass town. I can't even remember the name of the place. I think Tacoma. I don't remember it. No, I don't. It's, again, I remember Tacoma because I, and I, I rarely go to Tacoma for comedy because fuck Tacoma. But in all the truth, <laughs> I wish I remember the name of that, that, that fuck-ass city because I'm never going back. It was like Modesta or Moderna or some bullshit like that. I will never go back, uh, mainly because like, it, it, that entire experience was bad. But I'm saying, like, the next day, I went and got up on a mic, and I tried out some jokes. Some people laughed, and that was it. Like, you just got to, like, get used to the fact that, like, sometimes your best shit is just not going to work. There's some places where, like, and like going getting up on stage as i was getting ready to go up i was like oh i'm about to bomb like i knew it <laughs> like i watched like three other dudes 
eat it. And I was like, yo, I'm not even, I'm not even like, I'm better than them. It's just these motherfuckers ain't about this. And these other dudes that were before me were also very bad. So it was like, yo, I'm, I'm going to eat it. I'm about to bomb. This is not going to go well. I was not like, they didn't set me up. Like usually what happens, I would think is the comedian before you, if they do a good job, then they're fired up for when you step up. So correct. Yeah, but that, that is not what happened. The host is supposed to be the one who kind of like eats some of it, eats it. The host like couldn't get anyone warmed up. The first comedian got up and just ate it. And then the second comedian got up, ate it. And I'm just sitting over at the bar and the third comedian got up and was like, y'all ain't gonna disrespect me. I'm mother and, and just <laughs> ate it. <laughs> like tried to get confrontational and the crowd just ate him. Like they, they were straight up and down like, fuck you nigga. Like it was, like I really thought someone was gonna throw a bottle at that motherfucker. I really did. I was worried. And he's like, there was this, there was this really loud uh, white lady who was like at the bar and every time uh, someone says something, and it's crazy because there was not that many black people, I'm not asking white people in the entire place, but there was this really loud white lady at the bar who every time someone said something felt like she just had the impetus to just yell where the fuck she wanted to uh, and, and was like truly trying to steal the show. Uh, and as it turns out later, she uh, was doing that because like she was supposed to get on stage later, like for her first time as a comedian. So she was trying to take a shit on everyone who was doing it so she would look better. Oh. And like I I it that whole situation was like like I've been in some I've been in rough rooms. Like, and I've worked some rooms where it was like, yo, I didn't I didn't enjoy any of this and neither did you, and that's okay. But that was the worst experience I think I've ever had in comedy. And I, I feel like I, I survived it. And I I, I didn't like I didn't get paid for it. I drove so far to bomb and then had to drive back an hour with just that stink face right <laughs> it's just like fuck and i was i was honestly trying to like just go any place else like if i could have found any like mic in the city open i would have ran in and did like three minutes just to make myself feel better but i had to just drive back an hour with just the screw face and then just live with that shit till the next time i could perform and 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 for those of y'all who are listening uh no real radio stations exist in Washington. You're either going to get country music or you're going to get um, top 100 pop or you're going to get top 100 pop where they take the rap lyrics out. I love those ones where they they play do the have they, they have a cl- they have a classic uh, rap channel or R&B and rap so hip hop I guess now but that's still kind of it's, we're talking like like edited Biggie which why would you even edit Biggie? They still won't play oh. uh, Juicy in my area. <laughs> they oh, still Sacramento. won't because because it says blow up like the World Trade. They still won't play it. Did they realize that he wrote that before? Yeah, no. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> How dare he make fun of our beloved World Trade Center? Have you been there? No. <laughs> Why the, I'm in Sacramento. Why the fuck? I just know that there were two of them. There was actually like six. How dare he make six, fun of our six buildings? <laughs> How dare he? Yeah, yeah. I'm telling you. It, it, but back to the, the, the specific thing. I will say this. If you can take that, if you can take just nothing works 
and this was a bad time and you didn't get paid and and if you had have gotten paid it wouldn't have been enough because like for real i'm not making like like straight money off this shit so like it's it's all chump change like you're all getting like 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 it really for the amount of time that you're spending at it it's really not that much. And actually, me and another comedian were talking about this, and I came to the realization I've made more money for in comedy during uh, the COVID period than I have in, like, ever. Like, my best shows have been, like, during coronavirus. Yeah. Pay-wise. Yeah. I was talking with somebody... Today, actually, one of my homeboys who I used to work with came through to the house. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then uh, he came by to try my newest, uh, my newest creation, uh, addition to the menu, rather. It's not the newest creation. It's a hot link. They, there's this place in Midtown in an area called Del Paso Heights called Connie's. Mm-hmm. And Connie's uh, was one of those not even a hole in the wall because there wasn't a wall. It was the hole. Yeah. Um, it, but it was one of them places where they had the, the sign with the letters that you had to poke, that you had to push into the sign. Like, you know, them yeah. the places that sell like the chicken fingers for no reason as one of the meals. And you can like, they have the, the milkshakes on there too. And it's just one of them places where, you know, you about to eat some good ass shit while you're here. They have the BLTs, the egg sandwich, and the chicken fingers all in the same row. Um, but they had a hot link mm-hmm. that they would put fresh onions and uh, mustard on. And they called it a hot link and drag. Uh, I don't know why they called it a hot link and drag. It's just what the name of the, uh, it's just what the people in the area decided to call it. it. But yeah. yeah, it's just what it was called. I don't know why. But now it's it's like, a legacy thing out there in that area. And Nisha grew up in that area. So when we first started dating, she took me there to get a hot link and drag. Um, loved it. Thought it was wonderful. So uh, my mother-in-law lives like around the corner from the place. And mm-hmm. so we found out that while it's not closed down, that it's not doing as well as it used to. Oh, okay. uh, so uh, my beloved and I, really me, because Nisha doesn't do the cooking of the meats, but we decided to go ahead and make our own version of it. And so my homeboy came over to try out our version, our version, instead of it just being mustard and and fresh onions, Mm -hmm. uh, we take our homemade barbecue sauce and put that on the bottom of the uh, hot dog bun. And then we grill onions using our dry rub as seasoning and uh, put that on the uh, hot dog as well or the hot link as well. And then you put the hot link on top and you top that off with spicy brown mustard and a little bit more barbecue sauce. Um, So he came over and we both were just sitting there eating like we ate two of them. (laughs) I ate two, he ate two, Kenny ate two. (laughs) Like it was just two, two, two. Um, And he was like, you should, you, you should probably sell this. And I was like, I am. Like, he was like, no, you should sell the barbecue sauce and you should sell the dry rub and then you should sell the hot links. Like, all this stuff that you're making is great, but I don't think you know just how great your stuff is 
outside of the whole because you're putting it on all this stuff. But if you sell it here, here, and here, then you're splitting off options. Mm-hmm. You need somebody who's able to tell you that you're doing good. Like, like, and, and yeah. the conversation that we had was um, how I got into uh, the consistently good business, how I got started. And it really did get started because of COVID like COVID took away basketball and opened up that opportunity. And so I am making more money. There's people who are literally benefiting, like not, I'm not talking about these uh, politicians who are selling stocks and all that kind of stuff, but there's other people who now they're seeing more money than they ever have before or may have ever seen before. And they might feel some sort of like survivor's remorse that, Hey, I'm getting paid a lot more during a time of COVID. And I just want to say to y'all, nigga, please. Yeah, you should. Uh, you should be thrilled about making a little bit more money. You like, should get paid. Like yeah. You 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 should be like this nigga right here. Damn it! This yeah. nigga right here. Yeah. Yeah. That's so grimy. Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking at this nigga's oh, face. Yeah. Johnny Kemp looks nothing like I thought he'd look. But that just got paid song should be going through your head. But yes, this nigga don't look nothing like I, I thought he would look in right. his entire life. Like I look at Johnny Kemp and Johnny Kemp looks like ugh. <laughs> like look at this nigga. His face. Oh no. This, this nigga has this nigga has look, people, for those of y'all who have never seen Johnny Kent before, I apologize. I'll put okay. his I'll, okay. I'll put okay. his picture okay. up on okay. Twitter. I don't know if this is disrespectful, but the first thing I thought, no, this this feels it feels disrespectful. Oh man. He He looks like if Millie Vanilli were lesbians. I was gonna say he looks like Zendaya. <laughs> okay, cool. So yeah, if they really were lesbians, <laughs> this guy, that's who, he, that's who he is. But then he comes out with the voice and it's like, yeah. It's like, ah. Just got paid. <laughs> Woo! Hey, this that song that you think about, you should think about with COVID. Ah! <laughs> and then... While you're dancing, you accidentally rub some deodorant in your eyes, and I was like, ah, 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 "Why? Why?" Oh, the the only thing worse than that, I will say, is this: uh, I I cooked a domino for my wife, and domino's uh, African dish it has like um, habaneros in it. I was gonna say that no, nope, did it. Never <laughs> want to do it again. And so, like, uh, when I was cooking, I had put I put contact lenses in because I we you know I gotta go do some other stuff. Oh god! And then I no. cooked and like I I chopped up the habaneros and I thought I'd been really careful. I wore gloves, so I'm like, haha, so smart with these gloves on. So like I do all my mm-hmm. chopping. I go to my the bathroom and like wash my hands. I'm like da 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 da. Put my finger in my eye and immediately mm-hmm. it was like boom. It's like oh my god this. And I was like, there, it's habanero on my hands. And it was just me screaming like a little bitch, basically. It's like, oh, my God, I can't make it stop. It And, like, I had to, like, because I had to get the, the contact out of my eyes. So I just basically had to just be like, ah! 
I just scream as I took him out. <laughs> just, ah, ah, ah. <laughs> it was just that. <laughs> just me screaming. Like Rambo when he's taking the bullet out of his leg. It's like, I got to get these contacts out. I can't leave them in. It's like, I just, I had washed my hands so many times. Like I had used so much soap. One of my Uh, primary memories with my dad is when we went to the store. Cause my dad, one thing that he could do really well was make like steak, steak. mm. And then he could make really good shrimp and he killed salsa. Like his thing was making salsa and then he put shrimp into it and eat that with chips, like the the touch of lime chips, y'all. Oh, you yeah. have to have the touch of lime, like tortilla chips when you're doing this. But some uh, shrimp that are spiced with Old Bay seasoning, you top those off with salsa. You shake it all up and then you eat the chips with the salsa and the shrimp and it tastes amazing. I actually might make some. It's like a um, ceviche, for lack of a better term. It, it's I mean, essentially a ceviche, a ceviche. But um, we went to the store one day and we couldn't find any jalapenos. Like they were all sold out. And I was like, that one right there, you know, that one right there looks like it's available. And it was a habanero pepper. This is before the internet. This is before people could tell you caution, nigga. We were just like, oh, an orange pepper. Cool. So we took it home. And when I say we put the entire habanero into it, I'm lying because we didn't. We cut a slice off the bottom because we didn't need the whole pepper. We cut a slice off the bottom and put it into an entire blender full of salsa and immediately ruined the entire batch. Like that little cut ruined the entire thing. Also, when you blend it up, the smell, the, 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 whatever it was, was so strong. It hit you in the face. Yeah. When I cook with it, like when I cook with it, I actually, uh, cover my face in most cases. So like I cook, uh, for Domina it's not as bad because you don't do a lot of, uh, like sauteing of it. Mm-hmm. But like when I cook chili, so when I, any, all of my chili uses, uh, habaneros and depending upon how hot it's going to be, like it's anywhere from like, you know, six to 10. And when you Ooh. have like, yeah, when you have like six to ten habaneros, like sauteing with like onions and garlic, like mm. you will get hit in the face, which is pepper. Mm-hmm. It's, it's it's strong. Like you kind of have to like cover Open yourself. Open windows, keep a breeze line going through, and cover your face. Do not come in this kitchen. Do not come in this kitchen. So we tried to eat the salsa that first day, and we were like, "All right, this this is manageable. Like the heat is there, but yeah. it goes away after a while, nigga." You let salsa sit and everything gets stronger. So the next day we came back and it was nuclear. It was nuclear. Like there was no way that anybody was eating any of it. We poured it out. Uh, we poured it into the trash can outside. I imagine that it melted through the bag. It was horrible. <laughs> I love habaneros, first of all. Um, and and I, honestly, they're my favorite pepper to cook with. Huh. I got to like, keep that in mind when I go to your house. No, like, uh, so the thing I like about habaneros is this. Um, obviously, like, everything in moderation. But a lot of the dishes that I make, uh, habanero is a, a sneaky heat. So, like, uh, like red pepper, cayenne, all of that hits your tongue, like, immediately. And you're like, mm-hmm. ah. And it's immediately kind of, like, a painful, like, heat. Mm-hmm. Especially for, like, like uh, and, and, you know, extracts as well. Like, it's all, like, in your mouth. Habanero is, like, kind of in your throat. It's, like, your chest gets a little warm. 
and you can it's really when i make the chili that i make uh habanero is the base for it but i use other peppers to like make it spicy but if i didn't put the other peppers in it would just be this warmth it, it's just kind of a building warmth it, it doesn't like attack your tongue as much as it does just kind of like your throat and your chest i like that i actually prefer it i'm just gonna nod okay no, I am I'm about serious. to go out and buy some, uh, like some huge jalapenos. I just saw a recipe um, that uses leftover brisket uh, called a Texas Twinkie, and so I'm going to try and put that together and see how that works out. And I might That'd be, be adding it to the menu: um, a, a jalapeno, cream cheese, uh, chopped up brisket, uh, pepper jack cheese. And uh, you core the jalapeno so you don't cut it open all the way, but you core it, then you stuff yeah. it, and then you wrap it in bacon, and then you put it on the smoker, and then you put your barbecue sauce over the top of it after it's been on the smoker, and you put that in the broiler, and then you got these jalapeno poppers, for lack of a better term. That's all they yeah. are is brisket stuffed jalapeno poppers, but still. Yeah, I've, I've I've had that before, I believe. Maybe not as much cheese. I feel like if I have had it, it, it wasn't as much cheese, but I've had had a, a jalapeno stuff with, like, barbecue before. It's a good time. I don't know why. I will say this. What's your favorite, like, sauce quality? Are you a spicy barbecue sauce person? It has to like, be spicy. Um, sweet with spice. Okay. Um, I, because... I can't. I can't not have sweet. I, I'm down for spicy, but I, I don't. I'm not down for. Yeah. Like no. This. If it's if it's just if it's if there's no it's sweetness and, to it. Yeah. There's no real reason for a barbecue sauce to me. Like I I have a dry rub. Like I don't need to have just a straight up boom in your face. But my barbecue sauce, it's it's sweet. Mm-hmm. Um, with I do put cayenne pepper in it, so the heat is still there, but. It, the sweetness, like you, I was telling same dude that was over, Bobby. Uh, shout mm-hmm. out to him, great dude. But I, was, I, I showed him. I was like, "Yo, take some of these tortilla chips, and you could dip it directly into our barbecue sauce, and it comes off almost like a dipping sauce. So it is a dipping sauce, and it came out yeah. excellent. So he was tearing that up when he left out, but I feel um, like that." Yeah, that's such a huge part of barbecue sauce to me. I think because like I'm so used to molasses, the, that kind of like sweet, kind of clingy, uh, I, almost cloyingly sweet would be like that's a, an actual, I guess an aspect of barbecue sauce that I didn't realize I appreciate it until recently. I bought some barbecue and they come with like the different sauces and they have like a Carolina sauce, a sweet sauce, and then a spicy sauce. And mm-hmm. the Carolina sauce I enjoy the spicy sauce was garbage and then the sweet sauce was the one i enjoyed the most and i think it was that incorporations of sweet and i realized that i think i just might appreciate a sweeter sauce sweeter sauces to me sweet sauce is up here yeah way down here like i like a mustard barbecue sauce too but it has to be made perfectly um, and then down at the bottom, yeah. try like a vinegar base where it doesn't even really seem like a sauce. I like a good white sauce, obviously, because I'm from Alabama and Alabama white sauce is a I thing. I still have not had the white sauce. Like I need to go on. Just make and, it. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I need to go ahead and get the recipe because I'd probably make it a pepper sauce. Uh, so I would say just make it. But the only thing about it is that like it, if you do it, you kind of have to just 
the key here is that I guess the way that is best to have it is with that kind of vinegar based. It's not even a dry rub barbecue. It's where you smoke in vinegar uh, all of your 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 meat. You, you know that, it, and that's a that's a real. It's not a Memphis thing. It, it really is kind of like almost an Alabama brand of barbecue, and, and it's it's where like you smoke everything, and it's just a, a lot of vinegar and smoke, and not like you salt, but there's not a lot of actual like seasoning or rubs. And then the flavor supposedly comes from the smoke, the salt, and then like the the white sauce that you dip it in. I feel like that would be like better served for like chicken. Yeah, that's what it's supposed to be for. Is, is for okay. chicken. Okay. So and, and that's what I'm saying. It's it's weird because like it's 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 a very specific type of barbecue that like uh, other places don't do. Like once because I remember like once I started like Nashville does it a bit, but Nash once you get into Nashville like they start rub start showing up for for meats way more often. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then also like sometimes you'll get like because uh, you know there's there's a Texas style of barbecue where they put the sauce on it and then put it on the grill. Yeah, that's um, weird. It's very, <laughs> and, and so like it's <laughs> it's it's but that's what I'm saying like uh, Texas and St. Louis do that. So like in certain areas uh, around where I was from, like you know there'd be the the super smoky. Uh, salted chicken kind of like attempt and then there'd be like rubs but then it'd be like the sauce and then the grill also happening because like we're sort of around or close to St. Louis in Texas it it was it was weird but like I will tell you that if you're going to do the white sauce do it with like chicken that has been smoked and salted and not rubbed it's 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 just better and it, honestly, a rub will make you upset because what ended up happening is that like all the stuff, all the like seasoning from the rub is just kind of fall into the sauce, and it'll alter the way the sauce tastes. Uh-huh. I would tell you just just take it straight with uh, like salt and you know obviously you know how to season your meat, season and smoke it. Just really smoke it till it falls off the bone, and then like take it to that white sauce then, and that that's the best way to get it. Okay. Yeah, I love it. I honestly uh, have not had, like well when I went back home. Uh, we I got some barbecue and I, I like had a, a grand time with that, but I truly miss like being able to run and grab like barbecue. Like you really can't. And all the barbecue here is like that fuck shit barbecue where like they don't even really barbecue it. They cook it in the oven and like drop some fucking smoke around it. I I just I hate that shit. It's just I miss barbecue is what I'm saying. I really miss it. I miss it so much. I don't. Well, of course you don't, because you barbecue. <laughs> I miss good comedy, though. <laughs> Does that make you feel better? Like, no. I'm trying. <laughs> I'm trying. I, miss com- I miss comedy, too. <laughs> <laughs> Nigga, me, too. <laughs> you, uh, <mean? laughs> you know what? The, honestly, like, I have, a, I have a bunch of shows coming up. I don't know why I'm talking shit. I'm, I have, like, uh, a show in the second was, and the third. I was about to say, tell folks when they can uh, come out and see you or uh, support you through Eventbrite at the very least. Um, so I have a show on the second. Um, if you go to Facebook and look up uh, Zoom Lagoon, that is what I'm going to be on. As it turns out, uh, there is uh, a magician. There's two magicians, a musical comedian, uh, and me. That's that's the Zoom Lagoon. It's a variety show. Uh, September 3rd, I am on a debate show that is also on Facebook. Uh, look for a link for me. I actually don't know what the link is for that yet. And then on September 7th, I'm on a Labor Day show. So I am going to be performing in a Labor Day show on the 7th. 
should be a good time. A lot of really dope comedians from all over the world, not just Seattle, are going to be on that. Uh, and that's on uh, my comedy page. Actually, all of that's on my comedy page. If you go to uh, J as in the letter, Jones is in my last name, and comedy as in what I do, uh, dot com, you can see all of that. So jjonescomedy.com. You can also what like, yeah, what I do. You can also, uh, you know, Twitter, Instagram, adjective underscore J. You know the vibes. Actually, on Twitter, you're getting very political, sir. I don't know how I feel <laughs> about You know the fucking about. vibes. You know the fucking vibes. <laughs> I don't know how I feel about your political beliefs, sir. I like we, how, I like how we... you said I'm getting very political. <laughs> <laughs> I've like... been... <laughs> been here <laughs> no no that's 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 the statement that's made by people who you know follow you for the first time and i, I noticed you're you're very political sir you've just gotten like it just changed like you used to be a funny funny guy and now you're just I, do I we still... have to talk about race all the time yes yes nigga we do <laughs> um i was you know what I, I i i still occasionally have some funny stuff uh, I still occasionally tweet some funny shit, but yeah, no, I, I do tweet a lot about race because uh, I have to confront it every day and so should you. Mm-hmm. Um, and literally, I think everyone should have to confront race every day until it is not a problem anymore. When it's not a problem anymore and people aren't getting shot for it, we can stop talking about it. But we got a lot of work before it becomes a thing that we can stop talking about. A lot, a lot of work. Like, seriously. So much. Yeah, man. I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, also like um, I'm looking forward to like uh, when we can like go outside again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like me and my wife uh, drove to Snoqualmie Falls today uh, and we were going to go like because she's never seen Snoqualmie Falls and we we're going to go so she could see it and like we take pictures and it's a it's a tourist spot in general. Like there's always a lot of people there. But we were like, all right, it shouldn't be that bad. People should be socially distancing. A million niggas with no mask. So, like, we got there, and, like, we were walking up, and, like, I kept seeing people without masks. No one was, like, using distancing. Even the people with masks are still not distant. So it's like, I have a mask on, but I'm, like, right on your back, or I'm, like, right up in your grill. And I'm like, Nick, this is not mm-hmm. – this is social distancing and masks, not or – Mm-hmm. and 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 so like i was like look i'm not comfortable i can't and, and I, I was like i can't do this i want you to see snow call me falls but like i can't like i i'm not i'm not gonna walk into a, a gang of motherfuckers who don't believe in anything scientific and so we ended up having to come back and i miss like the days when you could just go like the you could go and see a crowd of people and be like this is going to be annoying but it's not like life-threatening and i'm just i want those days to come back now I don't, I don't like people, so I'm okay. And, I, um, I'm I don't pre- dislike people. Well, yeah, I don't. I, I like people at my own pace. Yes. Like I did tell my homeboy, <laughs> he came over at noon. I did tell him at like one thirty. Yo, I, I'm, I'm gonna sound like an asshole, and I apologize. That's my thing now to apologize preemptively for sounding like an asshole. I like um, it, but. I have a show at two o'clock and I got to do show prep for it. And now it's my way of telling him he had to go. Oh no, that's, that's, that's not an asshole move. Yeah. It still felt like it. Like it's weird. I, and um, in hindsight, I don't know if I set it up that way. So then I knew that I had an out for what I'm saying. Like, I feel like that's, that's, but see, I don't think that's, so I think it's, I'm an adult 
I have uh, other things scheduled to do today. I got to go is not, I don't feel like that's, that's weird at all. I, I say that on a regular basis to people. I don't think that's an asshole thing to say. I think yeah. if anything, I feel like it's not an asshole thing. Cause like, look, I, like, yes, I think at this point in life, we should all admit that we have schedules and we have shit to do. You have children, you have a fucking wife, you have a job, you run podcasts, you're a coach, you have a side business. I would assume that you have shit to do. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I would assume you have shit to do. So like, if you're like, yo, I gotta run, okay. In fact, you don't even have to tell me why you have to go. Just, I gotta go. Yeah, I bet you do. You have like seven kids. You do have to go. God damn. <laughs> hey, I, I gotta go. I gotta, I gotta drive out to fucking Auburn and pick up this fucking cake for this wedding and shit. <laughs> it was Edmonds, first of all. I don't live in Auburn. Fuck you. <laughs> Auburn is for Auburn's for trash people. <laughs> I live in the good city. Thank you very much. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> That's what I'm saying, like, I, I truly, I don't understand, like, why as, like, culturally we get upset when people don't have time for us. It's like, it, it's not that we don't have time for you. I just don't have an unlimited amount of time for you. For you, yeah. You can come with me. You can literally sit behind no, me. No, no, you can't. Be that face over my shoulder Fuck right that. here. No, I hate that. I have, I have social anxiety. I don't need someone tagging along while I try to handle what are very complicated situations <laughs> hey, 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 buddy. You got to let these things ride out. That's how you end up getting a blumpkin. They follow you <laughs> everywhere. That's not how, I guarantee you, that's not how you end up with a blumpkin where you just walk around and one day you're taking a shit, the door opens and it's just like your girl, like, you know what? I'm going to give you a, I'm going to give you a blowjob while you take you a shit. You were good today. That's, were you, is that a, is that a reward for anyone? I don't know. No one is. I feel into like a it's a punishment for everybody all around. It's like I would literally stop you. Like, why are you <laughs> wasting not, our time? Well, not even that. It's like this is not even like like. First of all, I, I and I. This is coming from a dude who loves blowjobs. I love them, and I'm not even. I'm not being facetious when I say that. I 100% love blowjobs, but this is not a time when I want one. Like I, there are so many hours in a day that you could be giving me blowjobs. When I'm taking a dump, is not one of those times. <laughs> It's, it's like, I'm not, I'm not saying like, don't, I'm just saying like, don't. not now, <laughs> like, like you can like surprise, wake me up with a surprise blowjob. Love it. Uh, driving a car and you're just like, you know what? Guess what? Blowjob. Dangerous, but love it. Great. But I'm taking a shit and I'm like, I'm, I'm like trying to like have a, some privacy and you're like, guess what? Blowjob. No, thank you. I don't mm -hmm. love it. Like if I'm taking a shower, pop your head in, blow me. Great. I'm into that, but not while I'm taking a dump. I mean, there's so many other opportunities to oops, pal, surprise, blowjob me. That's like, what I'm saying. I will take all of them, but don't pop into the bathroom. Like, what are you doing? Like, there's one time to not blow me. One. There's a myriad of times you can, but only one time that you shouldn't. And like, this is the time you choose. I mean, we could literally try it skydiving. I don't really mind. Just not whilst I'm taking a shit. If you want to blow me while we're skydiving, great. That's a rush. But I'm saying, like, like while I'm taking a shit, like, that's not a rush. I'm not getting adrenaline from you blowing me while I'm trying to take a dump. I'm just self-conscious about it. And now I, I can't it. go. 
<laughs> right. And like your your nose is, is seconds away from where I'm taking a dump. Also, sometimes I'm taking a dump and I pee a little bit while I'm also shitting and like you get a mouthful of pee. Is that what is that what you want? Is that, is that a, what you're into? Is that is that the move? Is that what you're into? Seriously, oh. I'm asking. Is that if what you're, you're into that, like I think I'm gonna judge you. No, I mean, like, no, you're into what you're into. No judgments for whatever kinky shit you do. Yeah, no. But, no. But, like, like, yeah, sure. Yeah, say that. Whatever. Yeah, okay. No, fine. I don't have no. judgments for... Nigga, yes, I do. Because those two girls from Two Girls, One Cup... Listen, whatever you want to do uh-huh. is your thing. Like, once we start drawing uh, lines... They ate shit. But I'm, say- I'm saying, once we start drawing lines... And it was... Like, well, they you can't do this. I saw that's somebody... A, that's a real I don't know how I went down this rabbit hole, but I literally saw somebody with chopsticks eating shit out of a toilet. I will say this. I am proud to say that I have yet to see Two Girls, One Cup. I have never seen it. Um, life. Goal. I've dodged it. I've dodged it so far. And I mean, like, people have been like, oh, check out this link. And I've been like, nope, because... <laughs> I don't check out links. Um, I, I you have to really hide it from me. At this point, I don't even care. Like, I mean, I've seen so much other fucked up shit. I, it's just I've, the internet has broken me. So it's not like I'm like, haha, I'm, I'm so clean. No, I've been broken so many other ways. But it's just this one phenomena missed me. I just happened to miss this. It, it's it's trust me. All the other ones got me. <laughs> it's just a wave of shit over and over again. I still. It's 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 just it's the worst is what I'll say to that. It's just the worst. That's all I have to say. <sighs> so yeah. y'all, I'm 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 Rashani and um Derek. I, I still vary between which one I want to be called sometimes. I don't really know. But hi, I'm I'm Derek. And um I just want to let y'all know that if I'm in the bathroom, that's me time. If I'm in the bathroom, no matter what I'm doing in the bathroom, it's me time. If I'm in the bathroom and I'm jacking off, it's me time. Don't walk in there with me. Like, that is a violation of trust on so many different levels. It is. Um, it is. And you know, the worst part about that is, like, like, we don't have, like, locks on any of the doors in this house. So, like, it, you know, it, you have it's a real trust system. It's like, look, I need you to not walk in on me hey and at the same time if you walk in on me while i'm jacking off and you're like what are you doing you should save that for me i'm like this so just leave me alone let a nigga okay also just real talk there are some times when i don't want to have sex but i do want to jack off yes because it helps you sleep not even that there are some times when like like it's better. Sometimes yeah, it's, it's just, it's, it's me time. <laughs> yeah, like, I don't want to think about anyone else. I don't want to think about anybody else's pleasure. This is all for me. Like, it's me in my little fantasy world, just enjoying me. I, it, I, this I, is gonna, this is the thing. My wife actually, when she was, uh, when Devin was a baby, she would breastfeed. And so every so often she would just have to pump her milk and just throw it away because there was no real use for it. If she had drank or, or yeah. anything like that. Sometimes guys just want to do a pump and dump. Like we don't really want. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a hundred percent it. That is it. Correct. Like I don't, I don't. It's not anything against you. Like I don't understand folks who get insulted because of masturbation. I don't. Like it is. It's, no, it's it's not that I don't want to have sex with you. It's just right now I want to this to be over in five minutes. And I know how. 
<laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't. I don't want to make I it can, last forever. Like I do the best quickies. For yeah, me. This, this can be. I just want this this quick pop, and then we're gone. That's it. Well, to quote Tupac, "All I need in my life is sin is me and my best friend." <laughs> <laughs> Correct. Like I'm just saying. Like I feel like, and again, this is not saying that like you know, I, I, you should like forsake your partner for your hand, but no. But every now know, and then, sometimes side check it uh, down the ride and <laughs> to the bloody end, just me and my right hand. Yeah, you <laughs> why is it bloody? <laughs> that's no, that, that's, that's the, you know, down the ride to the bloody right. end. Right, why, why are you right to the bloody end? Why are you why is it a bloody end? Like, man, you should get that like, checked out. Real talk, constipation is not the, the way to live life. I, I'd say, I would say this. I have this is a weird conversation, but let's have it. Have you ever uh, came a color that you weren't expecting? No. It I better have. be white or clear. I have come a color that I was not expecting. Uh, not like green or like I had like chlamydia. None of that. It was more just um, I was really dehydrated and didn't realize it. And so I was like coming like bright yellow. Yeah. It was like yellow, yellow, where I was like, like butter and i was like oh like i really was like looking at my cum like what is wrong with me why <laughs> i was super dehydrated and i think it was coming out like this thick like yellowish color like butter and i remember going to the doctor and i had to have like a conversation with the doctor and be like yo my cum's a weird color and the doctor was like and i was like do i need to show it to you he was like no 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 no. it's <laughs> like no 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 he's like uh how much water do you drink and i'm like oh i drink this and he's like you don't drink enough water you don't drink enough water drink yeah. more water over the course of a week and then later check the color of your calm or the consistency of your calm and if it's still an issue then come back and see us and he was right after a week my calm was back to watery and white but i i did have thick piss once Ooh, that's terrifying. Yeah, like when you don't drink enough water, again, yeah. the water thing, it, your piss will, it goes, if you, there's places that now put up signs like this, how you know if you've been drinking enough water, and they're like, if your piss is white, then you're great. If it's this color, this color, this color, I was below the the dark brown, like mine was just, it was, it was go time. Um... Look, y'all, we've done a lot of goofing off and a lot of joking around and said a lot of things that a lot of y'all are going to be looking at Jay differently for. And he apologizes for that. I apologize for nothing. What I want to say, though, seriously to each and every one of y'all is get checked out. Like, literally, yeah. go to the doctor, get tested. You could, like, you could be peeing thick pee. No, want, Is that what you want? You want is thick that what ass you want? Pee? Is that what you want? Huh? This shit is real. Like, seriously, though, I don't want y'all to uh, run from, I don't want y'all to run from the doctor anymore. No. And as, like, as a people, we have to do better about that. Yeah. So, seriously, if you need to get help, get help. If you need to get checked up, get checked up. But don't run away from what may be life-altering uh, help. Yeah. And I think that's it for me. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. This single simulcast episode something. I'll look. <laughs> like, matter of fact, I'll look right now because now I'm curious. It is episode, I think it's episode 370. Oh, nice. Um, And 
uh, actually 369. 69, dudes, which reminds me. Bill and Ted Face of Music just came out. I don't know if oh. I want to watch it. Um, but yeah, he's Jay and I'm Rashani. Shante took today off because uh, well, we're adults she and she can. Yep, we were just talking about that. <laughs> yep. So, like, literally, like, she didn't feel like it. So, yeah. We'll holler at y'all next week. Y'all be good. Jay, thanks for stopping by. Yeah, this um, was fun. Yep. Y'all be good. Peace. I'm not throwing away my shots. Gonna... This is single simulcast. Don't know about that, and you slip.